Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to TPI Talk in 20, where we're making entrepreneurship and investing a team sport. The Players Impact is an exclusive network of athletes, artists, and collaborators inspired and encouraged to shape the future we envision. Through opportunity, education, and influence, our elite collective accelerates the potential of every member to transcend any game. At The Players Impact, we are about legacy beyond our professional careers. We are bringing our diverse community of investors, entrepreneurs, and those in transition together through this podcast with thought leadership, subject matter expertise, and peer advice. Listen to us where you find your favorite podcasts. You don't want to miss hearing from our team of professional athletes, venture capitalists, and other founding CEOs about their stories, opportunities, and experiences. I'm Tracy DeForge, the founder and CEO, your host of TPI Talking 20. So hi, Debbie. I'm so excited yeah. that you're here on TPI Talking 20. Thanks, Tracy. I'm excited to be here. We have so much to talk about, and I want to make sure that we cover a bunch. Um, I think that I'll look forward to you being a frequent guest as we as we talk <laughs> about TPI Transition Academy. But, but why don't we let the audience hear a little bit more about your background? If you can give us some of your early career, um, because it's very impressive, and I want to make sure everyone knows who you are. Thanks. Um, well, I, I think it's funny when I give the story of my career, because I think it's this very twisty, turny doesn't make a whole lot of sense on paper, but then when you know me and you know um, what I'm passionate about, it makes all the sense in the world. Um, so I um, came out of college and I actually went to work for the U.S. government. I worked for the U.S. Department of Please Labor. Don't skip the over the college you came from. That's uh... <laughs> so I went to Cornell. But what's interesting is, is I have a degree in industrial labor relations from Cornell. So coming out of college, I went to go work for the U.S. Labor Department. Um, and at the time, this was the first Clinton administration. So like the whole world was changing and there was all kinds of optimism and excitement. And um, DC was this like amazing place to be. And it really was this great introduction for me into this world of um, helping people, finding ways to build programs that help people and support people. Um, so I was working on um, ways to help companies do a better job, including their employees in decision making. So it was called the high performance workplace at the time. But um, the other thing that I learned a lot in that role was because I was working in the federal government, a lot of times young people get opportunities that they wouldn't normally get because the people that have been in the government jobs for a really long time aren't super motivated to like to start them. new things. <laughs> um, so I was thrown into these incredible meetings with these very high level politicians and policymakers and um, got to see and do a lot of things that someone right out of school probably wouldn't normally get to do. And so for me, that was a great education in A, like how do you network and meet people who can um, teach you things and um, put you in situations where you're gonna get to do important, impactful work. And B, um, also just the importance of like being ready to lead. Um, so you just never know when your opportunity is gonna come around. And, and so you gotta be ready always to, to jump in and lead. So I love that role because I was helping people and um, 
getting to do some incredible things and meeting amazing people. And then from there, I went uh, back to business school. I decided that it was time to um, turn my attention towards uh, private sector for a little while, even though I loved my time in the, in the government. Um, and I went back to business school and I went to Harvard Business School, got my degree there. And I left slacker. with a great job. Yeah, such a slacker. Um, <laughs> And uh, had a great job in New York City and started in New York City, but um, I had actually fell in love with my husband at business school and he went to Houston after business school. So um, after about a year of long distance, I picked up from my job in New York and moved to Houston, Texas um, to be with the man who became my husband. Um, And the exciting part about that was that I really got to... Um, dive into my career in marketing. And that's what I did for 10 years after that was really um, very classic high brand marketing for very large consumer packaged goods. So I went to Coca-Cola and I worked um, for Coca-Cola in the juice business for a, a long time in Houston. And I loved it. And it was great training. And it was um, even today, you know, after a career in startups and technology, um, I find myself referring back to the frameworks and the training that I had in, you know, traditional brand marketing. So it's, in, it's great training for pretty much any oh. job. Sorry, that's, that's my <laughs> Yeah, your coworkers as oh. feisty as mine is sometimes. It's in the sun at the moment. Uh, so all of that is is amazing experience. Like you said, that sort of culmination and your most recent experience at Babson working on in the entrepreneurship um, side of, of academia. What, what about, you know, these skills that have brought you to, I, I guess we can start talking about your book, right? I want to talk about all the skills from these different, this different um, varied journey brought you to be a published author. Yeah, it's funny. My, um, I went from brand marketing into a startup that served brand marketers. So it was this really easy kind of, I, I was in their shoes and now the, the, my customer was who I was at the time. So it was a technology startup. We were creating customer online communities for Fortune 500 companies to listen to their customers, to really get great consumer insights into what they needed, what new products they needed, what, the, what kind of messaging did they need to hear. And it was an awesome experience being in a startup. Um, and I loved it because you got up every day. You never knew what was going to happen. And you were mm-hmm. making stuff up. But like everybody was kind of running in the same direction. And it was really energizing. Um, but and so what I learned from that experience is that I absolutely loved um, being in a startup environment and having that opportunity to create every day. But what I also learned was this idea of like listening to your customer and how important that is. And um, that very much informed what the book became later. So My book is about pitching, um, pitching your startup, because pitching your startup is one of the most important skills an entrepreneur needs to have. The ability to speak clearly and concisely about your business to anyone. Um, And it's not just about pitching investors, it's pitching anyone who could possibly be helpful um, to getting your startup off the ground. So that could be advisors, that could be partners, that could be suppliers, it could be first customers or first employees. Um, and so it's very much grounded in this idea of like listening to your customer and in the case of being an entrepreneur, really understanding what the market needs, um, how they need to hear it and, and what's going to be most compelling to them and, and learning to do that in a storytelling way. So it really captures the hearts and minds of your audience. So That's re- really no small undertaking to write a yeah. book and capturing all of that concisely. 
Yeah, well, it's funny because, you know, it, it actually, the book has so much of what I learned in my career journey um, as a marketer under, under, underpinning it, because um, I do think that there's a lot you learn about being a marketer that is very similar to being an entrepreneur in terms of pitching your business. Um, but at the same time, I had taught this as a class at Babson for several years before I turned it into a book. So it was really the part about creating the class first. Um, and really understanding how to teach it to people that gave me that really in-depth understanding of how it needed to come across in a book so that people could learn from it. Um, so the process of writing the book was really only a year, which I understand is, is pretty quick um, to write a book. And to be clear, I didn't want to publish a book in a pandemic. I had no idea the pandemic <laughs> was coming. Um, I actually finished writing it in February and it went off to print in February. Um, there's like a lot of lead time in terms of everything that needs to happen to get a book to market. So had I known the pandemic was coming in March, I would have included a chapter about how to pitch online. Um, mm. uh, so I ended up doing that later in a series of blog posts, but um, doing a virtual book tour was definitely um, a fun experience. Yeah, tell us the biggest challenge that you faced, like getting, you know, Obviously, it was all coming from your head, putting it down, writing the book and putting it on paper that like you're opening yourself up there. Right. So what did you what did you feel like was the, the hardest part about the process? I, you know, it's exactly what you just alluded to, Tracy. It's this idea of like you're putting your ideas out there for the whole world to see. And there's all this, you know, doubt that creeps in as you're writing. Like, what if people think this is stupid or not valuable or. Um, they don't get what I'm saying any number of things yeah. um, come into your head of like wow you know it's very hard to put yourself out there into the world like that but on the other hand I knew enough about the material and I had taught it long enough to people to know that it was hugely helpful to them and that it really changed the way entrepreneurs approach their pitch made it easier for them took a lot of the anxiety out of it if they used my methods and really understood my approach um, so I just kind of had to keep reminding myself of that as I was, you know, making myself really vulnerable and putting, putting my ideas out into the world. And so you're not, not going to please everybody, right? So you're, you're right. Stick to the folks that find it valuable. Uh, well, yeah. so that I think is a, a great time for us to segue into what you're working on now that I'm most excited about. <laughs> uh, yeah. so you, you want to give an overview of TBI Transition Academy or, you know, this program that we're, that we're pulling together. Um, I'll let you, I'll let you describe it. All right. Well, so uh, we cooked up this idea uh, together and I think um, it's hugely exciting. We're going to create the very first uh, startup accelerator for athlete entrepreneurs. So professional and um, Olympian athletes, D1 athletes and artists and entertainers who want to be entrepreneurs who are already entrepreneurs but want to take their new ventures to the next level. We're going to take them through an accelerator program um, and follow them and support them and get them expert mentorship and the founder skills they need to succeed. And I'm so excited about this because A, I think the world really needs it. And B, you know, for the past five years, I've been running accelerators with um, students and alumni at Baxton College, which is the number one school in the nation for entrepreneurship. So I've been working with hundreds of early stage entrepreneurs in accelerator programs. And I've learned a ton about how to run those programs for the most impact, but also 
um, just that opportunity to take an emerging business and, and shape it and, and bring that entrepreneur to a place where they feel really confident and ready to either go out and fundraise or launch the business or whatever their next step may be. So it's really rewarding work and it's really fun work, very energizing. And I'm so excited to be doing it with TPI because, you know, they're so well connected. You're so um, supportive of this community of um, athletes. And I think they're going to love it. I think they're really going to have a great time. Yeah, I think so too. You know, when we met, was a couple years ago now, um, very instantly knew that there was a lot we could do together. And so just talking a little bit about the work that you've done at Babson with the accelerator, you know, we've got a very unique founder profile. Um, so our accelerator will, will look and feel a lot different than most where they either specialize in a segment or a vertical, um, our athletes can come to us across many different industries and, and how do we, how, how we view sort of not only being able to take the diversity of what the athlete is offering. I want to, I also want to talk about the, the athlete mindset, right. And, and, and talking about the characteristics that as high achieving individuals are going to bring to the, to the accelerator and, and really, frankly, some challenges that we'll face with that. Yeah, it's really interesting. I think the athlete mindset is a, an excellent one for entrepreneurship. Um, there's a lot of ups and downs in the entrepreneurial process. The entrepreneurial journey is very difficult. Um, and it's like training at, at the highest level possible where you have to be on your game every day and pushing yourself into places that make you very uncomfortable, um, you know, literally all the time. And I think that that lends itself really to the way athletes have, um, you know, trained for their profession. Uh, and those skills that they learned are, are really applicable in terms of that determination and that grit and that resourcefulness um, that it takes to be a professional athlete is very similar to what it takes to be a entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. And we talk about this all the time. Like the characteristics are there. We know that the the effort, there's no shyness of effort, um, but our athletes are coming off the height of their game, right? The, the height of the, the thing they've practiced for their entire lives to try to come into a new a new game, you know, game, uh, the second game of their lives. And, and I think that they're, they're not always sure, right? They're very reliant on coaches throughout their, their entire athletic career. And, and that's really what I'm excited about is bringing them that structured coaching um, all around building their wealth and, and making sure that, you know, as they will, or they're bound to feel vulnerable. We just talked a little bit about that vulnerability of putting yourself out there, um, that this is a safe environment. We're bringing our ecosystem of subject matter experts and thought leaders, but we understand that that feeling of vulnerability as you're coming in, not knowing what you don't know. Well, you know, actually that feeling of vulnerability is really important to the entrepreneurial process because how else are you gonna be open to um, the feedback that you're gonna get from customers and from mentors? You have to be able to make yourself open to that. Um, and so I think, you know, that's all, that's all, you know, things that are rooted very deeply in the athlete's um, mindset and, and their sort of ability to take it all in and, and use what they need to use in order to be successful. Um, so I agree. I think there's going to be this 
element of, wow, I've never done this before. This feels uncomfortable. But at the same time, that's, that is something they're used to. And for a lot of them, it fuels them because they want to get better and they want to be the best. Um, and so we're going to just surround them with so much support and so many experts and so much opportunity to be the best entrepreneur they can possibly be that it's going to feel a lot like training for, you know, their professional sport. Um, it's going to feel like they have a whole team of people who are there to make them successful in the same way they were successful in their athletic career. Yeah. I'm really excited for it. So we have, um, you know, a little bit of time to talk about the required reading, which is the first pitch. I want to make sure that we talk, <laughs> you know, that the, as, as we're coming in and, and the right time to think about, you know, the first pitch, like you said, every entrepreneur has to be able to talk about their business has to be, you know, concise. You, you sometimes have literally a 30 second elevator ride to get your, your story across. At what point in the process of the accelerator or otherwise, do you recommend that the entrepreneur be thinking about, um, you know, the components of that pitch, you have to have a concise story. So just talking about an idea versus a real pitch, give us a little insight into that. Yeah, well, what I always say is that you're really pitching from day one as an entrepreneur. I, it makes me laugh when, when people are like, oh, I don't want to tell anyone about my idea because it's a secret or they're going to like copy me or something. And, and A, they're never going to copy you because there, there are a million ideas in the world and, and they've all been done by other people. But, you know, you're the one that can pull this off better than anyone else. And you have to have the confidence in that. And by keeping it in and not telling anyone about it you're handicapping yourself in terms of the amount of help you can get and the amount of advice you can get and feedback on the product product. So that always makes me laugh. because so they're like, Oh, you know, it's a secret. I'm stealthy, whatever. Like that is absolutely the worst thing you can do. The idea is you tell everybody you possibly can about your idea. Anybody, the person standing in front of you at the Starbucks, the person in line at the bathroom, you know, when you're, when you're well when we used to be out at the clubs or bars or whatever um back those in were the days, days. <laughs> yeah uh, um but literally like your neighbors your friends um you know people at the gym whatever you can tell about because you never know who's going to be helpful to you uh you Agreed. never know who's going to have a contact that could help move you forward or an idea or a build that can help you um bring this idea to life so i feel like you have to be ready to pitch your idea like right away and it doesn't have to be the full idea you know all completely thought out it's like hey listen I've got this idea and and here's how it goes you know problem you know problem solution statement um what do you think or you know I think one of the best ways to figure out how to pitch your your startup is to really think about um how the customer's life is related to you know really knowing your target customer's life so that you can say it in such a way that, that it really resonates with them. So <clears throat> sort of back to the very beginning of my career when I was working in customer insights for Fortune 500 companies, the first thing I talked to um, entrepreneurs about is what's the insight that's driving the creation of this company? It's not what's the problem you're solving, but what's the insight that you have that nobody else has on this category or this market or this, or this target customer that nobody else has? Um, because that that insight is what's going to be your, your key point of differentiation. And so kind of honing that unique value proposition is where the hard work comes in, but that's where the payoff is also 
sitting as well. Amazing. Yeah, great. Well, we're 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 about ready to to launch the application process for that. So we're going to we're going to look forward to to helping these athlete entrepreneurs. We're running up against our 20 timeline. So I just want to end with a fun question, Debbie. Okay. You've not been able to prepare for this. So it's off the top of your head. If you could pick, you've probably played this game before, but if you could pick anyone dead or alive to have a conversation with, who would it be and why? Um, I guess it would be Barack Obama just because I'm a massive fan of his and um, who he is as a person. Um, although actually, you know, Michelle Obama also, can I get them both? <laughs> get like, them both, together? yeah. A two for package, two for one. Yeah, two for package. <laughs> Just a huge admirer, would love love to sit down and talk um, to him. It's funny uh, that you say that, Debbie, because when um, we just are going through a, a branding exercise uh, for the company, that is a, the agency asked us, like, if your business could be a person, like someone you respect to admire, you know, whatever, what would it be? And, and Barack Obama was my answer, right? Like oh, really? completely the most yeah. impressive person, fun, doesn't take himself too seriously, but can handle things with the most elegance and, and, and wisdom. So, and class and really grounded in strong values. And I think that that when you're building a company, that's also really important is to deeply know your value set and make sure that it's, it's coming through in everything that you do. Yeah. All right. Uh, Barack Obama, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on TPI Talking Tour Me. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you, Debbie, so much for being part of this. Not only this podcast, as we're just kicking it off, you're you're our second guest, but but part of the TPI family and, and everything that you have done and will do for our athlete and artist community. Appreciate it. Absolutely. I love the Players Impact. CPI is something that I've been so proud to be associated with over these past couple of years. And I think it is just such an exciting, exciting time for what you all are doing and what we're going to do together. Especially when we can get back together in person, right? We got some events to, to make up for. So thank you so Can't much. Wait. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.